And welcome to the Middle Aged Man podcast, the only men's podcast that tries really hard to act its age, openly uses man girdle, doesn't have a back catalogue of Maxim magazines, and still we want to be the best we possibly can be. Today's question for you to meditate on is, what can I do to make you love me? Right, today's guest is a man that is on his second marriage. He spent more than half his life abroad, a child of baby boomers who were able to sneak into the middle class, apparently, moved abroad uh, as a kid briefly, but it left him feeling like an outsider in virtually all circles, but with a thirst for knowledge and humour as a defence mechanism. He's also parented by people who told him that the world would be at his feet if he went to uni. It wasn't true. And now he gives us the gift of laughter with their own podcast, the Black Milkshake Comedy Pubcast. Gentlemen, I give you Mr. Yorma Kierko. Hello, Yorma. How are you, my friend? Hello, Mark. Thank you very much. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, it's great to have you on. It's absolutely great to have you on. So when I sort of like... Um, I asked you about what, what we want to talk about. We'll, we'll talk about something quite sort of like happy, really, to begin with. So... Obviously, you've got your podcast, the Black Milkshake mm -hmm. Comedy Podcast. So obviously, you're very interested in uh, media, in comedy. Um, talk us through it. How did you sort of like fall into doing comedy? Um, I, I, I came from a very serious home, actually. And um, I, I always enjoyed uh, doing voices and singing silly songs. And my parents didn't always enjoy me doing that quite as much as I did. I spent a lot of my childhood in uh, in front of the bathroom mirror, pulling faces at myself and speaking in funny voices. And I, I just always wanted to do something like that. But I, I came from the kind of background, I mean, you alluded to it in that introduction that was, um, you know, it was a very safe and steady time, I think, wasn't it? You know, my parents were born uh, working class and due to the events of World War Two, there was a labour shortage, etc., and they were able to do quite well. But it was a very serious time where the focus was about money. And um, I think in, in many ways, I was possibly a little bit too... Well, in some ways, I was too flippant. In other ways, possibly, I was too sensitive as well. But, um, yeah, I, I always had an interest in that, but I didn't get the encouragement because... We're talking about how middle-aged men are now, but when we were children, I don't know about your background, but boys didn't do the kind of things that I wanted to do. Boys played football. Boys did this. Boys took an interest in that. And I wanted to be a clown. And um, I don't mean a literal clown, but the things that I was interested in secretly, I didn't really have the courage to tell my parents about it because they... I knew how they judged other kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's always the problem, isn't it? That's that's always the problem. It's like um, it, it's quite interesting that you say that because um, you know my my ex partner was uh, from an entertainment background, and it's really weird, sort of like how that came down the family is that the you know the grandfather used to be an entertainer, the father was an entertainer, the son was then an entertainer, obviously with varying degrees of success and stuff like that. So obviously coming from such a um, a, a difficult, so I'm not going to say difficult upbringing, but a, a different kind of upbringing and wanting to fall into that, unless you were in those circles, that was always really going to be quite tricky to get into. That, that was very tricky. Um, and I, I mean, you know, I did mention that I, I loved abroad when I was a child. I, I came back to the UK and felt very, 
very much of an outsider, I think. Um, I didn't feel that I was fish or fowl, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did find I spoke in a strange way, I was picked on. Um, and I found very quickly that actually making people laugh made them leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Got me in a bit of trouble as well as I got older. But um, yeah, that, that was sort of a defense mechanism for me. And then I, I tried hard to get into to comedy and to screenwriting whilst I was working in radio in my twenties uh, and thirties. And you, you know what it's like, you get a certain amount of knockbacks and in the end, you know, there's after the X, X, that's not easy to say, knockback, you, you actually give up and you think, all right, you know, I'm not going to swear on here, but you think F that. Yeah. And, um, you, you, you decide to go and do something more conventional. Um, so I did, I got the most conventional job of all. I became a teacher, but I couldn't do it in the most conventional of ways. Um, so I, I've been all over the world doing it really. Um, but I mean that in it, in itself, um, I, 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 there are many things I like about that, but there are many things I don't, I don't like the way that society is, is going today. Um, uh, I, I think that some things were good when we were kids. I think if you're looking at education, we have good teachers, we have bad teachers. It's still the same now, but you have to write an essay about everything to prove that you're using the right words. And I, I've just had a number of knockbacks in that, and I thought to myself, well, I'm 47 years of age. Um, can I swear? Or not? Yeah, okay. Of course you can. Yeah, you carry on. Yeah, this is, it's grown men. All right, okay. Grown men are listening um, to this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> At least no, I, I, I thought, I'm 47, I've had enough setbacks, I've had enough um, disappointments, I'm going to just do what the fuck I like. And um, I thought to myself, well, at this age, you don't know how long you're going to last for. I mean, I've heard your previous two programs and you um, you talked about being in the, approaching the second half of, uh, of our lives. Well, I'm the same age as you, Mark. I very much hope that we do make it to, be nice, to that age. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I just thought to myself, no, this is time to, you know, I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend I don't want to do this because my parents don't like it. I'm not going to say I don't want to do this because the careers teacher, it's, I'm going to do this and not do it because the careers teacher at school is going to tell me that that's silly. I, I just thought, who gives a shit? If I don't do it now, it's never going to get done. And I decided to go back to all the things that I loved doing from when I was a child. I used to work in radio for a bit, um, radio production and, and journalism. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy writing. I've written a, written a couple of books before, done a couple of screenplays, but I do like doing voices and, and being very, very silly, um, as well as having conversation. And I thought, well, this is just the opportunity. Nobody is going to do it for you. And I think that's a message for pretty much every area of life, regardless of what it is that you want to do. Um, you do get to a point where you, you realize that there are very, very, very few people in this world that you can rely on. And I'm sure you, you're aware of that yourself. Very much so. Absolutely, very much so. I, I, I want to take you back a little bit, if you don't mind. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to. I'm interested to hear your your thoughts on it now that you've sort of like you've you've come back into comedy and you've come back into comedy writing. When you gave it up, mm-hmm. do you now look back and regret the fact that you gave it up when you gave it up, 
or was is there you know you, you can hop onto youtube now and type in motivational video and you will get a basic huge bloody orgasm of bloody motivational videos telling you to mm -hmm. never give up keep going mm -hmm. do what you were do what you do this do that do this mm -hmm. do you regret that time now or do you think actually you're better for it if that makes sense um that's a really interesting question and like because it's such an interesting question it doesn't have a straightforward answer of course in many ways i do regret it um, I do regret that if I hadn't just pushed for a couple of months longer, who knows what could have happened. Um, at the same time, though, you have to survive. And you have to, one of, one of the reasons I got out of that kind of world was simply not being able to, to pay bills. And that was, that was, I think that was the first time I decided that the dream had to be, at that time I thought abandoned, but you realize later it's, Maybe it's been put on hold. But you've got to pay your bills. You've got to pay a mortgage. You've got to pay your electric, your gas, you name it. And um, so, I, you know, that was one of a couple of times when I've thought, well, I've got to do something grown up here. Um, so, yeah, I, I sort of regret that. I mean, it obviously... Because that's... You know, this, I this, this sort of, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt, but this sort of um, almost goes into t you, you know, today's society where you you know, where things are changing. And actually, we're probably bringing up a generation that are being told this motivational stuff all the time. And they're also mm -hmm. being led to believe a dream. Because, you know, anybody mm -hmm. with a camera phone apparently can be a, an influencer. They can't, you know. It's like, you know, any girl thinks they can be an influencer by sort of like eating cake outside a cake shop. No, you can't. You can be an influencer if you're a size six, and you're very pretty, and you eat cake outside a cake shop, happy days. But we now seem to be bringing up a generation where they are almost being, I don't know, brainwashed, um, re-educated to believe that actually if they put their mind to something, it's going to happen. Come hell or high water, it's going to happen. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. It, it's... Um... I think life was, it might not have been happier, but I think it was simpler when we were younger, definitely. Um, I think the younger generation are told if they do something, if they want to do something, as you say, they can achieve it, they can achieve anything. Um, which is a lie, you know, if you're sort of like you're 25 stone and you want to be a ballet dancer, not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But people are being told... Well, you know, slim down a bit. Well, you're still going to be, you know, 18 stone. No, it's not going to work. Sorry, sorry if anybody's got offended by that, but it's it's true. You know, it's sort of like we all have to know our own capabilities, and we all have to, you know, you know, they also yes. sort of, they say yes. shoot for the moon and you get the stars. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, if somebody had said to me, "If you want to be an astronaut, you can do it." Well, of course, I couldn't do that. All you can do is things which fit within your areas of talent or your areas of interest or, or fortune even, the, the environment that you're in. Um, I think we, we, these days we do tell kids they can achieve anything. Um, and that sounds wonderful, but we also tell them that there's no such thing as failure. And that, So I don't know what success necessarily means these days. Uh, is it... You know, it Depends whether you're optimistic or pessimistic. Are there degrees of failure or degrees of success? I'm not really sure. Once upon a time, people did used to just get on with it. Um, 
But I think the, the other thing too, though, is that we're encouraging, and in some ways this is good, but we're encouraging people, young people to discuss their mental health. We're discussing people, we're encouraging people to, if I'm being very cynical about it, in certain ways, to to play the victim. And I know that that could sound absolutely awful because I think it was terrible when you couldn't talk about how you felt. But we're encouraging people to... Exp- I mean, you hear kids, you hear teenagers these days having conversations which just look completely normal, but it, you'll hear things like, well, the thing is with my depression and the thing is with my anxiety, and we didn't talk like that, did we, no. when we were younger? No, 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 no. So they're kind of being told they can achieve anything, but they're also being encouraged to find, almost to explore things that are wrong with them at the same time. And I don't exactly see how these two things marry. So um, I'm of the generation that obviously, you know, uh, that some people would say that I talk about my mental health too much. Um, And for some, probably nearest and dearest to me, I've not spoken about it enough. I've not been honest enough about it. Um, But I've got a 19-year-old son who my ex-wife would actually call sensitive. And obviously having had my own mental health issues, I would then suggest that actually he's overly sensitive to the point where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's... So I used to be a driving instructor. All right. Okay. And for some people, for some of these kids, the very first time they failed their theory test was the first time that somebody had ever said no to them, if that makes sense. It's the first test Mm -hmm. they ever failed. And when it got to the practical driving test, wow, emotions were so high, it was unbelievable. You know, this again, this could be the first test they've ever failed. So I completely, mm-hmm. I completely agree that actually we've now got people that are almost trying to find things wrong with themselves, trying to justify why they feel the way they feel. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things um, that you wrote down when I asked you to do this podcast, and I hope I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I think it's a really interesting topic, um, is your marriage breakdown between 2009, 2012. Um, Obviously for those who listen to me regularly, they'll know that, you know, I've been going through a hell of a time personally, but there are an awful lot of guys out there that are potentially that are going to are going through this or about to go through this. What was, I'm not going to say the highlights (laughs) because there's no highlights in it, but what lessons did you learn coming out of that that you think that might help other blokes out there? I mean, we're all different. All our relationships are different. But what kind of things did you learn that actually, do you know what, going into your second marriage, these are the things that I'm really not going to screw up this time? Um, can I answer that a different way? Because just, just to lead on to what we were talking about with um, mental health when we had the little sound problem, I can actually tell you the reason why it broke up. Well, it's there's never one reason why it broke up, but um, I don't know if you remember, there was um, a, a famous footballer, Gary Speed, yes, um, who used to be the captain of Wales, and he played for a number of other 
clubs as well, Leeds, Everton, Bolton, Newcastle. And um, he was something of a, a hero and an inspiration for me. I thought he was a, a wonderful guy. He was, you know, that intelligent footballer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean intelligent on the field. I mean, he just stood out. He had class. And I found out that, well, I, I think it shocked the world. He was on television on Saturday lunchtime and then was found dead, um, committed suicide later that evening. Yeah. And that had the most profound effect on me. Um, when you, when you, I, I was upset about that for a long, long time. And one, all of his friends, all the people who knew him said, you never would have known that he was feeling this bad. And I, it, the first thing that came into my head was, I'm really, really unhappy. I'm really, really unhappy. I was actually walking around looking at trees. And not, I like trees, but I was looking at the bars of trees. And I, I, I was thinking, I wonder if, if I could put a rope around that. I mean, I wasn't 100% seriously thinking about it, but it was in my head when I was walking in the woods. And I thought, people would say the same thing about me. Oh, you'd never have known. You'd have never have known that he was so unhappy. And it sort of, it made me panic in a lot of ways. And I, we, we'd not been happy for a, a number of years. Um, but I, I realized at that point that I, I just couldn't actually go on with this. So, you know, within no time at all, I found myself on a, on a friend's floor, beds at land, occasionally sleeping in cars, um, Pretending to the whole world, no, nobody knew. Nobody knew what I was in. I was making myself, I was buying myself expensive clothes. I was, I learned to cook properly, so it actually looked like I was coping, just in case anybody did know. Um, and I, I, obviously, I think I possibly got into that relationship too young. A number of things happened, but I also realised that there were a number of things that were wrong with that. That I think you need to be a bit older to realize um when i met my second wife sometime some months later um i I realized that she was a completely different person and i realized that i don't want to go into too many details here i certainly i don't want to disrespect my um ex-wife on air or actually at all but um i think there were were ways in which we thought we were compatible when we were younger that we simply weren't and i decided that well i can't accept this behavior again or i can't accept this limitation again and i realized though that i was far from blameless as well Mm. um i was doing things and i think what i learned from it is that my wife's now, my, my second wife, my, my final wife, um, <laughs> she's very tolerant. Um, she accepts me for my flaws and foibles. And I hope that I do the same thing for her as well. And I think having made mistakes before, it, it's one of those things. To The best way to learn is by making a mistake. Anybody can make a mistake. I don't think making a mistake is failure in any way. I think it's the best way to learn that it, there's no use you telling me that I should do this or I telling you that you should do that. It doesn't work that way. Um, you need to do something, do it wrong, and think, I'm never going to do that again. I think if you make the same mistake two or three times, then you know, you're know you probably a bit silly. But 
Um, learning experiences and maturity, to be honest. And, you know, in, in that area of my life, I'm happier than I thought I ever would be. Man, that's great. That's, 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 that's really good. How did you guys meet anyway? Um, we were working together mm-hmm. and um, we were at a, an awful, awful Christmas party. Um, and we had both splits from our partners, husband and wife. Uh, in September, I think August, her October, me a week later in September, and um, we'd seen each other around, but just you know, hi, how you doing? And um, this awful, you know, those kind of works parties where nobody wants to go to, but you feel that if you don't go, you'll get judged. Yeah. And um, I quickly clocked a few people that under no circumstances I wanted to sit next to, <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, she. She seems nice. I'll, I'll talk to that nice lady. And we just struck up a conversation and um, got in touch a little bit. And a couple of months later, um, went on our first date. And last week, when I told you I was on holiday, that was to celebrate 10 years of that first date. So, oh, wow. So things amazing. are going well. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. There is hope for an idiot like me yet. I've got to be honest. There is always hope. I, I, I hope so. I hope so. And I, and I get the Gary Speed thing. I totally get it. It's uh, the more that I've looked into what's going on with me, um, it's amazing how some things that you don't think affect you um, at the time or you're aware that something's not quite right. Um, they come back and it's you know it's it's classed as trauma. It's it's a case of wow, that's really made my head spin. That's made my my mind think completely differently than 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 ever before. So I totally get it. Totally get it. Um, let's move to modern day. Um, you've mm-hmm. set up Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast. Tell us about the podcast. Tell us why you set it up and what it's all about, my friend. Right. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I think I was about as pissed off as I could possibly be around a year ago. Um, and I knew that I was, I, I say pissed off. Yes, I was angry. Uh, I'm glad I was angry because anger was um, stopping me sinking into uh, depression, I thought. Um, it, it's when the anger goes, if you've not solved the problem, when things can get dangerous. Um and I, I just felt I wasn't in control of my life. Um, I'm paid very, very well, but I'm constantly on temporary contract with, when I say very, very well, I, I mean moderately very well. I mean, it, it's enough. But I get, I'm on temporary contract. I don't know anyone else who is. They're back to back. Um, but I never know if I'm going to have anything in, in six months. And I, I thought to myself, really, you know, they they these people like me enough to, to keep using me, but not enough to, to give me some kind of security. So I was angry about this, but I was also listening to and watching a lot of comedy to take my mind off things. And I just started to think about some stuff that I'd done um, 20 years before. And um, I was uh, with the wife at home on uh, Friday, and we were having a couple of drinks, and... It was spring, and I woke up early in the morning, um, and it was just one of those, you know, sometimes when the, um, the the light comes through and you think, oh, that's me finished. She'll sleep for another three or four hours, but that's me. It might be six o'clock. I might have only had four hours sleep, but I'm up. 
mm-hmm. and it, it just hit me that I need to make a podcast. Um, but it needs to be a, a comedy podcast, and all these ideas were flushing through my mind. I actually I started to hyperventilate, <laughs> and I was trying to tell my wife about it. I phoned up my best pal to try to tell him what we were going to do. I had to deal with him asking what's a podcast and you know when you're trying to speak at 100 miles an hour and your thoughts are going they're racing and they're worrying and you cannot get the words out so uh, and there's nothing you can do about that so I spent went out with my pal Ray that afternoon tried to break it down for him as, as quickly as I could and the week after we recorded a practice one just with mobile phones it was absolutely rubbish but um, I, I was it's suddenly like, it's a bit like this one. Was, then it's a bit like this one. <laughs> <laughs> Put together with sellotape so and string, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like that. And um, I thought to myself, you know, this is probably going to be awful. But we sent it to a few friends, and people were saying, obviously, that the audio couldn't possibly work. But this is really funny. And I thought to myself, because I, I'd written a few sketches. Um, done a few skits. We do a few games on it as well. And what 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 the show really is, because obviously if you've not heard of the show, I'm from the UK and my friend Ray is from Ireland, but we've lived in Turkey for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And um, in the pub that we met in, we decided that that's where we would do the podcast and it quickly became known as a podcast uh, for, that, for that same reason. But we do... Um, it's a feel-good comedy show. I would call it a comedy variety show. There's not really anything else out there. We do sketches. Um, we do we do games. I mean, there's a certain there's an element of 1980s and 90s weekend radio to it as well. In fact, there's a lot of that. Um, I can say this for this age group of audience as well, and not have to be ashamed of it. <laughs> With some sketches in, we have special guests. Um, there's a lot of it's feel good nostalgia and silly silly jokes and sketches. It's it's quite rude, uh, but we we were quite big fans of the karaoke. Uh, why did I say karaoke? Carry on films, and I always loved that uh, era of comedy where things were extremely rude, but everything was more suggested or it was double entendre. So we tend to go down that line. I swore on this show earlier today and um, I don't think I've sworn on my own show really well maybe a little bit um, yes we do that but we also have a local angle on it as well we um, we do a little bit for expats in Turkey or people who are interested in Turkey we have a travel writer who appears every every week um, we also have a section where people can phone us or, or tell us about embarrassing stories that have happened to them when they're abroad it's just entertaining. It's one of those things. It's what I needed to do. You know, they talk about who's your target audience, who's your avatar. Well, it should always be yourself. I'm sure, Mark, in your case, yours is yourself as well. Yes. And I was a very, a very, very pissed off middle-aged man who just wanted to have a laugh the way that I used to when I was younger. And I thought, well, if I don't have anything around me that's going to do that, I'll do it myself. Um, and yeah, we've we've gone from there really. And of course, you know, you start off uh, sending things to your friends and seeing whether they like it or not. But we're building up an audience now, and we're uh, always being very grateful for for new listens from people who would like to be entertained. And no, seriously though, it, it's sometimes 
life can be so horrible and it can be so hard and so serious. Um, it is really, really nice to just switch that off. I, I love and do fact, something completely different. I love the fact that actually, when you when you uh, wrote back to me and said you'd love to come on, I, I love the fact that it says uh, Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast, uh, uh, going to make people laugh before it's too late. I love that. I just I think that's a great line. I just I think it's a fantastic line. It really is. Um, mate, before we come to the end, if you could go back and give that twenty something, that twenty five year old. One bit of advice for the next 25 years. What would you have done differently? I wouldn't have allowed people to tell me who I was or who I should be. Okay. I think. Um, it's difficult when you're younger, of course, isn't it? Because, you, you know, there are certain conventions, there are things that are expected of you. Um, to the point that you can even believe that you're something that you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I would have just, if I could give, you know, if I could speak to my younger self but still have the consciousness of, of this, you know, decrepit middle-aged guy, I think I would have, uh, have said just believe in what you want to believe in. Do what you want to do. Do it. Yeah. And I wish I'd, I wish I'd had that voice tell me that at the time, but, but you don't, of course. Yeah. I think I think I think it's about right. It's uh, yeah, it's it's really weird. I think I, I, I'm going to almost answer my own question, really, which is a case of I think I would have gone back and and told myself to be more open and honest. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Is that you know I was uh, I'd got a father um, who struggled with depression himself and never just never talked about it. In fact, there's you know mm-hmm. I I often tell this story. Um, that on one particular Christmas day, um, my mum was working three jobs to make sure we got a roof over our bloody heads. And um, my grandparents bought our Christmas presents. And on one Christmas day, he watched us open these Christmas presents, got up and promptly sat in the garden shed until New Year's Eve. Didn't come, oh, back, didn't come back in the house until we'd all gone to bed. Would go to, st- go to sleep, um, wake up, wander downstairs, and then go out to the shed just wouldn't talk to us about it. And I think my own, uh, if I could give my 25-year-old self a piece of advice, because when you're 25, you don't want to turn into your dad. You know, everybody, yeah. nobody wants to turn into their dad. Unfortunately, kids, that's what happens. We end up turning into our dads um, in by some way or another. And mm-hmm. do, do you know what? I think it would have it saved an awful lot of heartache. It would have saved an awful lot of grief. Um, and it sure as hell would have just saved my last relationship. So um, there you go. I've answered my own question off the back of yours. That's random. Well, uh, it's, it's my podcast. I can do what the hell I like, I suppose. Can I? <laughs> yeah, yes, you can. No, I, th- I think that's brilliant. It, it, it is It is true. I mean, certainly, you know, you're that age. You don't think that you're ever going to be your dad. You, you can't even imagine it because, I mean, you're still at that age at 25. You're still a kid in many ways. I, I know I was, definitely. And, of course, when you're a lovely little kid before puberty hits in, mum and dad are great. And then overnight they become, if you remember Harry Enfield, that sketch years ago, uh, Kevin the Teenager, suddenly they become the biggest idiots in the world. And maybe, to some extent, you are seeing some flaws that are genuinely there, but we can also be quite arrogant and discount areas of wisdom that they have as well. And um, 
think that we know everything. And whilst we may make the correct conscious decision, no, I definitely don't want to lock myself in the shed for six days or, or sorry to, to make light of it. But, right. you know, um, I'm not making light, actually. I'm just quoting. Um, but I don't want to do that kind of thing. But at the same time, because you, you're almost fighting against your nature in some ways, you're also not being honest with yourself. And I think it takes you until you get to a certain age before you actually are prepared to admit who you are. Yep. Who one is, should I say. Yes, who one is, absolutely. We're all made up of all these little different things from, mm -hmm. from our life. It's another, it's a, so at the end of each podcast, I always get to ask um, the, the next guest a question that was left by the previous guest, okay? Okay. So... Um, I know what it is. You haven't. No, you haven't got a Scooby. Pretty much like most of this interview, you haven't got a Scooby at all. Um, but <laughs> the the last one said, "What was the one piece of wisdom that your parents gave you that you still hold true today?" Um, actually, this is really, really boring. I think this is about money. Okay. I think it's about money. I was one of those kids who always wanted the, you know, the, all the cool trainers that everybody else had. Mm -hmm. uh, my mum always said, well, I'll buy you. There's a perfectly good pair of trainers on the market for £15. You can have those. And I knew that I'd be crucified at school. Yeah. And she said, well, what you can do is go out and earn some money and you can top up that. And... Long story short, with a few uh, stumbles across the middle, I think that sort of way of dealing with money has stuck with me. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've, I've, I've slipped a couple of times, but I'm always aware. I never spend more than I've got, mm -hmm. and I that was that was wisdom. Uh, money's boring, but um, no, you asked me. No, it's it's not at all actually. My my mum was exactly the same. Um, sort of like, you know, everybody else had got the Nikes and, you know, uh, Adidas and stuff like that. And there was me in a pair of high tech. And um, I, yeah. and I, I had high tech. I literally went through, I swear, the last two years of, of, of being at secondary school, just turning around to people going, do they make you run faster? Do they make you bowl quicker? Does it make you kick the ball harder, faster, better, more precisely? No, it doesn't. Well, pipe down then. It's down to talent. It's not down to your boots. So that's yeah. all, I, that's all yeah. I ever used to say. No, it's absolutely spot on. Um, right. A big, huge thanks to Yorma for sharing his life, his story, his thoughts. If you like the podcast, do us a favor, like, share and subscribe. Review the podcast and be in with a shout of winning a 50 quid Amazon voucher that, well, you can probably whiten your teeth with or just spend some on some just for men. Um, we'll be back uh, next episode and I will see you very, very soon. Much love. Be brilliant. I'm like a shoe that's been longer.